Well, welcome to a new edition of Talking Automotive. I'm Matt Weiss, and I'm joined with KPMG's global automotive leader, Gary Silberg. And Gary, always great to talk to you. And you, we've talked a lot in the last several weeks over the podcast, last few months, actually, at this point, Gary, hard to believe how long we've been doing this, talked about all the challenges going on in automotive. And, and like all industries, Gary, automotive is also dealing with how do you manage talent in a virtual world? It's something that you don't hear a lot about, but I know it's something that you have your eye on. I do, Matt, and it's great to hear from you as always. It's, a, it's always a pleasure to have our conversation in all, for our listeners. So yeah, this is a big, big topic. So um, I've been part of, for other reasons, but I've been on, I think it will be my 11th session um, with some of the biggest corporations in the world, uh, including private equity and some automotive, talking about talent management and how they're doing it virtually. And what I want to spend a little time talking to you about, Matt, and, and is share some stories, some really fascinating stories uh, that I think our listeners in the auto industry will, will not only appreciate, but um, I think they can internalize. Because our industry, if you think about it, Matt, we are incredibly diverse. Not only diverse in terms of population of people that work, but uh, we are in the software business now. Electronics we got to know about. We do digital. We're massive in manufacturing. We've got back office. We're even some are banks with financial services. So a lot of these stories, I think, for automotive is trying to figure out how to manage talent is a big, big question. So let me tell you, I want to tell you what I heard from very senior executives that I thought were fascinating. Always tell great stories, Gary. So oh, I hope so. And no one, please don't <laughs> fall asleep. Uh, I thought this was fascinating. So, um, a large private equity fund, and I won't name it, it has a business in education, and it is in higher education, and they attract students from all over the world to come to their universities and what they do in terms of making this process happen. And when COVID hit, and then there was some rhetoric on who can come in the country, especially in China, um, their business just absolutely plummeted, and this could have driven them into bankruptcy, it sounded like. And the CEO, with unbelievable chutzpah and talent in managing his talent, was able to, what a story, connect through his team um, to senior um, academics, famous in China, uh, to come together on television in China, basically to say, we are open for business in the United States. We want you to come to our country. Uh, and all is well. And it was a moment that defined the company. Um, they did it, you know, it was somewhat risky, and the CEO made it happen, and the results have been phenomenal. I thought, wow, talk about managing talent and being innovative. So that was one cool story. Um, let me tell you one that wasn't so cool and what they had to do. Uh, another company had their CEO quit, Matt, right in the middle of COVID, literally quit. I've had a so <laughs> talk about <laughs> not an opportune time, right? <laughs> yeah. So what's the board of directors going to do now? They've got this massive company, the CEO quit. And it was fascinating how the board, what they had to do with this. And I think uh, um, it wasn't like they could fly everybody in and have a meet with the company and all the executives. Because first of all, no one was there. And how would you do it? How would you check in? And they had to be very innovative, again, uh, with their talent, and they really pushed out their zones of uh, uh, touching people 
Uh, it took a significant, significant amount of their time, way more than anyone could anticipate. But now they've started to learn more about the talent in the organization. Uh, I think in the long term, it will help them. It was very, very painful. They've actually brought in the CEO now. Um, the business is stabilized. And uh, it, it's, it'll be fascinating with this new CEO who has never met their entire team to have that happen. So I thought that was a great talent managed story. The last one was, um, uh, uh, this one was another private equity, a very large private equity fund, and they were doing all their due diligence remotely and talking, and how efficient they are, and, and then finally they had to write a billion-dollar check. And um, the partner's like, I can't do it. I've never met this person. I cannot write this check, you know, unless I meet him face-to-face. And he just decided, I'm going to fly in. He got onto a plane. He said, that's it. The talent is too, too much important. And that's how they did it. They hit it off. They social distanced. They had a fabulous uh, discussion, and, and they made it happen during this time. So those are the stories I thought were very cool. On. So go ahead, Matt. Ask me some questions. Give me your thoughts. Well, I was going to say, Gary, I think they're all fascinating, of course, in their own in their own unique way. But to me, you hit on some themes that I think our listeners are taking away from. I think everybody can appreciate who's been working remotely. How do you build a culture when you're remote? You know, how do you how do you make sure people are doing well during this time? And I think particularly the the second and the third stories that you talked about, Gary, where you have leadership change, we have big financial decisions having to be made, and you don't even necessarily have the rapport where you've met the people. Um, that's what stands out to me, and I, and I think that that's probably what's standing out to our listeners uh, as they hear these stories also. Yeah, great comment, and I, I want to reiterate your last two points, and, and for all of our listeners, the cultural aspect of your business, it came up on almost every every single meeting I was in, every single one, and how do you have that true north of your culture with new people you've never met or if you're bringing in new people? And this is the one where people are really, really struggling um, on making it happen. We as our firm, right? We bring in, we hire a lot of new people, our interns and, and, and the new hires every year and build that culture and that team. This is something I would say, and I would put a big exclamation point, needs to be watched by all of you out there in your decisions and when and how you come back to work because your culture is really the glue of your organization and, and you need to really watch it. And the last one, Matt, a great point is on the mental well-being of your employees and how they're doing in this time and checking with them. It's, it was difficult even before, and this is something you got to watch uh, closely. So those two are big ones. And um, it, it's tough. Um, but I'm an optimist, as you know, Matt, and when I listen to all these innovative companies, I have to say um, I have learned a ton from them, and it just makes me optimistic uh, to see how they've adapted, where they've adapted, where they're willing to invest, and you know, all of them say, we're getting through this, we're going to come out of this stronger, and, and I believe it too, and I know our auto industry feels the same in the many of the things that they've done, so it ain't easy, but talent management, baby, it is critical and is something you better watch very, very closely. Well well said, Gary, and I think that's the perfect optimistic note to end on because we could all use some good news these days. So I want to thank all of you for listening to another edition of Talking Automotive, and we'll catch you next time.